It's Friday. It's the Farm to Wardrobe podcast with LD13 as the host. And we will kick off the series with, yeah, with a little personal story um, going back to my roots, explaining why I do what I do and love doing it. And yeah, get a bit um, into into my journey and explaining why I ended up um, in the fashion system and me wanting to become a fashion designer. And with me today, Augustina, um, as my interviewer and good good old friend. And yeah. I think like we should first like kind of set how we both know each other. Okay. Like, yeah, well, maybe that's good. And then like meeting for the first time, like sophomore year, like design studio one. Right. And, like that's the first time where we got like a taste of each other's work. Right. Kind of like find and figure out the type of people that were like into their work and that we appreciate them. Right. I think like we started at a good, a good class with like a good community. With, with Steven, <laughs> the, the man with the drawing pages and <laughs> the hand for, um, yeah, having a good taste and a very professional <clears throat> way of approaching fashion. And then after that, it was just like, the, what's it, the visual communications Oh yeah, Glenn. <laughs> with Honey Two and Honey One, uh, with the brush, the, how he called it, and <laughs> he drew with so much passion. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, like getting a taste of that side of our work as well, and like getting to know our like work better than us as like people. And then like Anisha, like we both met when she was also in the science studio. True. True. Yeah, but it's funny that we never, like, spoke in that class because maybe, like, you know, we were also uptight in that moment of times. Yeah. Very new to fashion and, like, all anxious, like, oh, my gosh, will we make it? And, you know, stuff like that going around in your head. <clears throat> and then we met one year later, I think. One and a half more. Yeah, one and a half. Junior year, second semester. Right, right. And then I saw you Right, right. We were going to take Caroline's class next semester. And we were talking about it. I was like, oh, you have to take her. Right, right. It was like November. We were all both eating blueberry pancakes, I think, at 11 o'clock in the evening. That's when the dinner arrived. (laughs) And I mean, we were talking till I think one in the morning, right? Just fashion the future and everything right. and I think that's where like we clicked and we were both like we like think alike you know like we don't have this type of conversations with anyone else nope. and nope. I think like from there like we knew we could trust each other and we both came with this background of respect and admiration for each other's work that right. I think is very powerful for like people like us like people in this industry to have and I think like that's like the best way to start something like this. You know, like being sure of the people you're talking to and you're getting like advice from. Even though we're both young, we don't have much experience. But yeah, I'm really glad like we both got to meet and bond over that. Right. I mean, I think the most important thing, what I think is maybe lost in in that fashion system um, is, you know, you have a heart and if you show that that passion and that that eye that imagines 
and that dream that you're living, you know, people will will listen to it. And I get attracted to people like that. And um, I think, yeah, you, you showed me that from the first day on, like when we were like actually talking and I felt like, I felt like, wow, this person here really like got something like, um, I want to hear more. And yeah. Yeah. I think like it was after conversations, like I always remember like every semester, like going to your open studios, like looking for your open studios because I knew you were going to like go above and beyond. I was always like, oh, where's Lisa? Where's her open studio? You know, that's like the only open studio I look forward to. Where's grandpa wearing your, your crazy stuff? <laughs> your grandparents outside, like sitting by the printers. I was like, oh, Lisa's studio's over here. Like, I'll be right back. When you told me that, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> Actually, I have to tell my grandparents. <laughs> like, that moment I was like okay like this girl goes like above and beyond like she's extra strong love her work like love her like she has something thank you thank you I mean I was also my I think it was too near you when I first saw your open studio and I said like you know that's that's what um Augustina showed me when we were like at at Tanisha's birthday I was like blown away by your chocolate melted uh, buy a drape dress I was like wow this really this girl knows how to drape <clears throat> a skill that I really admire when people have that and I could see your vision your eye and the storytelling in in it and really also the love for craftsmanship you know when you show me that you have me <laughs> right there <laughs> I don't you know <laughs> I'm shy to say that and I went to your open studio and like damn and it was like very special, like the colors were your color palette and also like nobody else's color palette in that room. And also you didn't try to go big because you knew what you did showed off. And I really like that because some people, they tend to go big to just get the attention and that is not necessary in your work and it, it shows, you know, and I really like that because that's when, you know, it comes down to simplicity is beauty. And I think there's something very beautiful about that when people can do that. And there's some really high skill involved with that. Yeah. Like, thanks for that. Like also like adding to the craftsmanship and bonding over like tailoring. Tailoring like was also like a big thing for us to like talk about. Like, especially with yours, like, you're very, like, skilled. Like, I'm more, like, on the beginner level. But we both have, like, this understanding of the importance of going back to original techniques. Right. Like, talking about how we go back, if you want to start saying how did it start for you, like, what brought you into fashion? Mm. I think my mom and my grandma, from the early days on, I always loved how they made things. My mom was always into fashion. She dressed me up in the most beautiful clothes. I loved being dressed up. I loved know that she gave me that space to play. She, she bought me beautiful toys that were handmade, beautiful clothes that were like <clears throat> handmade. Um, also, 
And um, I just love that storytelling going on in that. And <clears throat> I saw her decorating the hell in, in our home. Like she always, like every season there was a new theme and she was decorating the whole house. And I really love that. Like our house was like an art show every season. And <laughs> I really love that. And growing up, I, I was like more into sports and soccer and stuff. And I always was drawing and, and still living my creative um, um, vision, but not to a, to a degree that I live now. And then after the school ended, I, I knew that I didn't want to proceed with a soccer career. I wanted to do something with the arts because, of course, like I had two knee injuries which also stopped me doing that. But also I felt that, you know, there's something that you haven't explored yet. And that was for me more the art roots. And that also connected me more with mom and grandma. And at the end of the day, yes, I'm a really like a dad person, but I admire my mom and my grandpa so much that... <clears throat> that I really care about and, and want to sustain that, that culture or that, that history they, and that love they, they showed me through handmaking. And that also comes back to drawing and stuff. What's more like the story, like turning point, like the first thing that was like, I need to do this, like I want to do this. Right. This, this, like, the, the like immediate response that I want to do, like, finesse myself with art was when I had that illness and only art could help me reflect on it and help me out of it. What medium was it? <clears throat> it was painting on glass. It was playing with light and shadow. It was um, a bit of sculpture, um, sculpting like a lamp in the form of a mushroom. <laughs> already coming handy there my mushroom love and yeah like drawing and storytelling for books and visuals but that clothing thing came when I saw and, and, and did a trip to Shanghai and saw Yoji Yamamoto's clothes and then the, the interest for architecture and shape and space collided with that interest of my mom and my grandma and making sewing, knitting identity, which I never explored. And I got curious, like, wow, that that's what fashion can be. I'm interested now. <clears throat> How's like the fashion world in Germany, Augsburg, where you're from? It's very tailored based. So <laughs> um, I c grew up with my mom and grandma wearing like suits and jackets and like beautiful blazers and skirts and <clears throat> more like the French couture way you know if you could like ballpoint it <clears throat> and a lot of black <laughs> that's kind of our uniform not because we are sad we are just like um, I think we need black is kind of our color our uniform and and red is particularly a color that is present in my family because of the jersey, the soccer jersey and the team we root for. And I grew up with that since day one until now. Big soccer fan. 
And that is coming true also in my clothing aesthetic. <clears throat> yeah, bringing all of your experience from like the soccer world, the art world, and more into like your childhood that we talked about in the past. I don't know if you want to like go in depth and like the like magical route that we were talking about, right. kind of like your experiences and influences as a child. Right. So my mom and my grand, uh, my my dad were super nice people who like let uh, Philip and myself, my brother, explore the art space. And like we went to a lot of art exhibitions and comics. I was exposed to that. I was like, my mom, as I said, like bought me beautiful toys and I just could play. I would pl could play with my, my friends next doors, always outside or inside, dressing up every day, being a policeman the one day, an Indiana the next, a princess, princess the other. <clears throat> just imagining stories, playing with little figures, like also kind of sculpting their world. Um, drawing a lot and drawing with mom and th those memories they just stay with you and me observing insects and playing a lot in grandma's garden observing how she gardens and the love for for her either sewing and old socks or <clears throat> um, yeah treating her roses with the best soil <laughs> that she got and and compost soil I really sh saw the hand a lot moving and I think I forgot a bit growing up as a teenager also forgot the magic about storytelling a bit because you know you grow old and like you think you know that's so childish like nostalgic yeah but actually it's so powerful and um, I love now I love being that kid and um, I love coming back to it, Come, love coming back to my roots, love that I am again working with sheep that graze next to my grandma's garden and those memories you have as a kid, um, they come now um, alive again and I just love that. Yeah, like talking about like your whole childhood and experiences and like being able to bring that into your work now and not making it look childish or like nostalgic in that way, what would you say it's your identity in your works? What's something that you see over and over again that you can point out and be like, I've been carrying this my whole life? I think it's the, 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 the respect and values I have for the handmaking culture and materials, especially like similar, like with the cooking world where like, you know, I want to taste the fresh carrot from your garden. I translate that over into fashion. I want to know where the wool comes from, from which farmer it comes from. And that's something, you know, I haven't been told by grandma but I have been experienced exposed to that world through grandma and I think that's something very powerful when you experience something on the and on the underline you kind of understand the value and then bring it back into how you want to live and um, dress eat build and make it your your value your way of living what's something you would say you've taken from outside 
your family and outside of what you know? Like maybe when you moved to New York, what was one thing that you picked up by your own? Being open and make um, having nothing make something magical out of it. Like there were so many times where I had to improvise, <laughs> improvise in a good way, um, coming up with ideas from one day to the next. Um, also like meeting new cultures, you know, not being afraid to, to share your story, share your background and being you and represent yourself naked in the work you do. <clears throat> I think that's something I learned and, and, and yeah, grew up with that here in New York. <clears throat> but also, you know, that passion that I had in the arts really solidified here. It grew just deeper and bigger and because I met people who are like similarly in love with, with art, with fashion, with nature, with materials. And seeing that passion in other people reminds you why are you doing it every day? And that always lights up a fire in you. And I think that that was also a big thing, seeing that in my mentors, in my friends, seeing that all the time, just empowered myself even more. And also I didn't want to, <laughs> I want to make mom and grandma proud. So that's always at my, <laughs> like, like in my mind up there. Do you have like a specific reason why you're into the things that you are like, like many people don't know, but like kind of like your influences in like Latin America and like different materiality. Like, why would you say you're like into that? Why you brought into that world? Like I'm working a lot with wool, silk, cochineal, um, also a bit of vegan cactus leather <clears throat> and metal. Um I will start with the wool. So the wool is something Europeans brought over to America, be it north or south. And it's something also I grew up with a lot. Like um, my mom and my grandma wear a lot of woolen garments. I also, like myself also, when growing up, um, it got a bit, yeah, poisoned with all the genes entering the market and the plastic alternatives. But the true um, love for natural garments, breathing garments was always there in my family. And we always like looked out for that. <clears throat> so that's, that's also a lot like wool is like commonly used in tailoring. And that's like used a lot at home. And then, like the materiality and that like aspect of creating your favorite part when it comes to like creating a collection. I think it's for me um, the process. Um, I want to know my materials and then how to play with them. And then, of course, my materials link back to the history of, of the people, of the culture, that what gets me fired up. Because, you know, I have a responsibility then to do a certain thing and to tell that story. That's, you know, that's the essence of everything. And then... It's the process. And then the process, it gets into that zone where you just play and explore and learn and fall and do mistakes. But those mistakes, you, you polish them and make them beautiful. And that's what I love. I mean, the end 
product is, you know, it's great, but then the story is already over and you have to start again. So the process is actually the most beautiful thing. What's your most anxious step? Good question. <clears throat> the most anxious step is... <clears throat> If the pattern doesn't work in real life, like when you pattern something and you tried it out in muslin and it looks fine, but then in, in a different material, something is not working. That is the most anxious part I have. But the most rewarding too. Yeah. Right. And I also forgot to mention other materials just real quick. I'm also working with silk because I had a silkworm farm myself. And, you know, those fabrics always got hidden at the internship, my, at my first internship place. And I was like, oh, they're so fancy. I want to use them. Like the tailoring department chief was like, nope, those are not to be used and wasted. And it was, always was the silks. And I was always had a desire to use them. So once Parsons sophomore year I just you know did the first dress in silk <laughs> and just check mark <laughs> and yes, it's a beautiful material and um, cochineal because um, I got introduced to natural dyeing a year, year ago um, 2019 in fall through Maria Elena who was one of my professors um, at that time in the system materiality pathway who is herself an expert on natural dyeing, especially with avocado seeds and onion skins, but she does actually everything and she knows so much. And it wasn't, you know, wow, she does natural dyes because a lot of people did it at the time. It's more um, the, the history, the culture and the process of natural dyeing that some things that spark something in me that brings that kid alive that brings the science lab back that you know i find myself loving um no being you're you're like a true master at it like you really know like all the do's and don'ts like when asking about you like about anything or anyone else asking you about it like you were known for like this work with natural dying that not many people have and it's not like an easy skill and that's something that you were able to fully like maybe like not master master because you love exploring it more and more and for you it's never going to be enough right. but like at your level like what you've learned and everything around your whole dying and your whole process of like mixing this like cultures together what's your would say like ideal way you would want to be remembered do you want to be remembered for your materials for your ideas or what would you say i think for the lifestyle because that brings everything together for the whole ld 13 lifestyle yeah because it brings my love for shapes my love for tailoring together my community that I care a lot about where you are also part of it and also the dying it's I think it's it, it's you can pinpoint it because those systems they need to work together 
to form my identity. What's kind of your ideal community? It's already happening, you know? It's... Um, describe your family. Yeah, it's like a family. Like, I have family now in Latin America. I have family in Pennsylvania with Marie, my partner. I have family with Lorenzo on the Canary Islands. It's so global and international that just, you know, I I grew up in an international school. I love, you know, being exposed to different cultures, being, you know, open-minded, learning about new new ways of knowing, new ways of, you know, having a, like something as basic like a daily routine and knowing about how certain people do it, how certain people celebrate certain things. I think it's so interesting. It's also so interesting to understand yourself in space and time. It's also like through you, and Maria Elena, through Caroline, through Andrea, <clears throat> through Izzy, all the people who are like, I'm, um, being inspired by and dressing um, in my collection, they they also taught me something about myself and my history. Like I didn't like know so much about Humboldt, Alexander von Humboldt, an explorer, German scientist, up until my thesis point, or Cochineal, or um, <clears throat> you know that Europeans. There are a lot of you know in in Argentina, in Peru, and. <clears throat> all those craftsmanship skills that I see in Latin America, that biodiversity that I see in nature fascinates me because that comes back to that idea of Europe. The idea of Europe is a diverse place. We just forgot a bit about its beauty. And little Europe also exists in New York. Maybe that's also a big reason why I came to New York. But... <clears throat> There are certain values that I find myself that I'm searching for when I meet people. And yeah, it's it's basically LD13 lifestyle every day that I'm living and 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 kind of yeah, find in other people. Okay, last question that maybe we could have asked you for. But why the 13? I don't think I ever asked you. Um, it's my initials, LD, for Lisa Dora, and 13 because I was born Friday the 13th. And that's kind of my idea with everything, making the unlucky lucky, making the ugly beautiful, stuff like that, that I really like. Like when people say this, <laughs> I want to do the complete opposite. If people want to push me in that corner, I won't go that corner. It's like always me doing the opposite. That's probably what we get told. Right. And it also comes from that soccer lifestyle because, you know, back when I was like crazy with soccer playing, it was, I cared about my soccer boots a lot. They needed to be newest design designed by myself on Nike Mercurial ID and they needed my initials and it was LD13 already there. <laughs> so I always run around with either purple crazy shoes, orange, pink, red, everything, green. I was like that chameleon who loved color. <laughs> yeah, didn't know that. And then last question, how would you want to be remembered taking into consideration this whole like world that we're going on with 
graduating online, starting your thesis online, which is something we would have never expected. How would you say the future for you, your brand as a student? How would you see that? To be honest, I want to start that LD13 lifestyle for real and do it with people who love doing work that we care about and love you know, <clears throat> working with people and not against it and love the history behind materials. And yeah, it's like supporting each other and <clears throat> bringing the art back to fashion. That's how I want to be remembered, creating stories again, stories that matter that also impact society. Yeah, it's make them art again right yeah i think it's a beautiful way to think about it now like we definitely didn't expect this at all and we didn't have this plan but i think like the way that you're pushing this and you're like still managing to meet people for your wool for your different materials i think like you're like unstoppable with that and i think that's very like powerful for a young designer like you And you know, I have a lot of trust in you and I totally be leaving you since sophomore first. <laughs> so I think you're gonna do like an amazing job for your thesis. I totally believe in your work. Thank you, me too. I think we got it, right? Um, the first farm to table wardrobe podcast. And next week, no actually two weeks time there will be the next podcast going on <clears throat> with the topic biodiversity and yeah hope to uh, hope that you guys tune in till then farm to wardrobe says goodbye <laughs>